Hey guys, welcome back to Recharge, Rebuild, and Restore. R3 with me, Roz. I am super excited and honored to talk to one of an old dear friend of mine for over 25 years. She's a mom and a wife, a social worker. She's a woman of God, an author, and an advocate to help to change her community to grow stronger and healthier. And as well, she has developed practical tools to help others triumph and overcome adversity. Welcome, Ms. Cheryl Osborne Shavers. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much for joining me. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I just wanted to get, uh, talk a little bit. We have so much things to talk about. But first, I'll ask just uh, briefly, in terms of the pandemic, how would you say that it's affecting you, you and your family, negatively and positively? Thank you for that question. It's so interesting. The, the pandemic has brought out so much in many of us. Um, right. And what it has shown me is that we cannot be tied to our titles. We can't be tied to our clothes. We can't be tied to our homes or have our identity in the car that we drive. Because with this pandemic, a lot of things have been stripped away from us. So we're not able to go to church the way that we used to. So we may not be able to show off those fancy clothes or be in front of everyone, um, you know, and, and do the things that we used to do. So we, we can't do those things anymore. And then mm -hmm. we're not able to have people over to our fancy, lovely homes the way that we used to because we have to social distance and we have to make sure we guard who we have around us. Yes. We can't even really drive around with our fancy cars and go different places. Some places have curfews, like I understand in Canada. Yeah, true. Mm -hmm. And so what the pandemic has shown me is that my identity, the only thing that is guaranteed in this life is God. It has shown me that. Now, I was never really a materialistic kind of person, um, but really, all the clothes I have in my closet, I'm not really going places. I'm not going to weddings. I'm not going to banquets. I'm not going to... So those clothes are just stuck in there, um, you know, and I'm not really going as many places as I, as I used to. And so what I found about the pandemic is that I need to make sure my identity is in Christ and that things can be stripped away from us in a moment. And only thing that is I can have confidence in is my relationship with Christ and his leading me. So the positive, though, is I've got a chance to spend a lot of time with my family. Uh, we've had a lot of downtime. We've been able to kind of rest. Uh, we often did a lot of ripping and running. Fridays, we'd be in church for choir <laughs> practice. That's and, right. Uh, you know, Sabbath, you're in church all day long. And then Sunday, you have Pathfinders and community yeah. service. And so we constantly were always going, going, going. And now we're home. And we get a chance to mm. connect with each other. We get a chance right. to worship with each other more often. Right. And so in that regard, it's been a blessing. And then virtually, we get to connect with people that we hadn't connected with before. For a long time, right? Yeah, we <laughs> so get what, to. <laughs> it's so true. It is very true. Yes, you're correct. So what do you miss most of, or at least of this pandemic? What do you miss most or least? I do miss, you know, um, getting to go out with my friends. You know, sometimes on a Sunday, a few of us ladies would get together and we'd have brunch. Um, so yeah. I do, I do well, miss I that. <laughs> I miss the opportunities for fellowship. I do miss, you know, um, church and being able to invite friends to come and to worship with us. And I do miss that fellowship of my church family. Um, that's for sure. 
For sure. Well, we all are going through that for sure. Well, in the days when I know Miss Cheryl, who don't know, she was a powerhouse with a voice. God had blessed her with a voice. And what was the name of the group you had again? I don't remember the name of that group. <laughs> so when I was in Montreal, I sang with the Heavenly Sensations, five young Heavenly ladies who, who loved right. to sing gospel music and we loved yeah. to minister and blend harmonies. And it truly was a blessing uh, during that time many years ago. Well, can you bless us with a little of that voice? <laughs> Um, you know, I, I haven't really been singing as much, but um Oh really? Uh, yes. Um I can sing oh, okay. a little song in oh, the sure. morning when I rise. In mm. the morning when I rise. In mm. the morning when I rise. Give yeah. me Jesus. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. Hallelujah. You can have all this world, but give me Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much. That was really good. For those of you who don't know, she was a powerhouse with the five girls. They really bring down our church and lots of concerts all over Montreal. So that being said, as well, for those of you who don't know, you have suffered from a disease called sickle cells. Can you share a little with the audience about your journey on this topic? Yes, I can. Um, uh, shortly after my birth, I was diagnosed with sickle cell anemia, and my parents, they didn't know much about it. The medical community didn't know much about it. Uh, sickle cell anemia is an inherited blood uh, condition where the hemoglobin in our red blood cells is at a diminished capacity. So you don't have much, much oxygen in your body. And because of that, the red blood cells would then be misshapen. And as they try to move and maneuver throughout the blood, uh, throughout your blood vessels, they would get blocked. They would get occluded. And oftentimes when you don't have any oxygen um, going through your body, that's very painful. Uh, so it is a very painful condition. Uh, oftentimes they talk about the life expectancy of someone with sickle cell because when you have um, a minimum amount of oxygen going through your body, that can cause your organs to to shut down and to malfunction and so your body cries out frequently for uh the pain um and so i have pain every single day i don't know what it feels like not to experience pain um i wake up in the morning and i say is today going to be a good pain day or is today going to be a bad pain day either way i know i will experience some pain and um i spent a lot of time in the hospital um, a lot of time getting blood transfusions, and I'm just grateful to be alive. God has really blessed me um, to, to just be alive. I'm grateful. And how, and how are you coping with the pain? And how long is the life expectancy of this disease? So for a male with sickle cell anemia, the life expectancy is 42 years. And for a female, it is 48 years. And so I am 46 years old, but I often say we never know when it's going to be our time. So we have to maximize the time that we have in life, living a quality life, being of service, being of obedience to God and living our lives with purpose. And I often say that we experience pain 
you may not have physical pain like I have, Roz, or the people that are listening, but you may have emotional pain. We all will experience some type of trauma. Exactly. But what we have to do is not let our pain make us bitter, make us angry, make us sour. We have to make sure that our pain makes us better and that we turn our pain into purpose. So thank you so much for sharing that. So that book, oh my God, Sherry is the author of a powerful eye-opening title, Your Rejection, God Protection. And I'll just read a little quote because that's really captivated me and it pulled me. I couldn't put this book down. It said, you must recognize that the Lord allows certain challenges to come your way in order to strengthen us on our spiritual journey. This is a must, the muscle building exercise provides lessons in humility, reflection, and most of all, dependency on Christ. However, the enemy will attempt to use these circumstances to plant seeds of despondency, bitterness, anger, and doubt in our minds. Satan is the object. It is to have Christian feeling hopeless, abandoned, and stuck in with quicksand of rejection, which is spewed lies in the Savior that does not really care. If we allow that, the Holy Spirit will reveal in our eyes. He will see the heavenly host cheering on and encouraging us not to be scrumptious to the enemy defeat, but the Lord is have equipped his children with principles that can be applied in our lives. Wow. I was like, wow. What a read. What a read. I was like, okay, I can't put this down. I show you all my friends. You have to read the book. You have to read the book. Thank you so much. And it's interesting. My my husband and I, we wrote this book uh, because we experienced a lot of rejection, a lot. And so we were like, the Lord then gave us these principles to be able to help Mm. ourselves as we experience rejection and then to help other people. And so we're just blessed that we were able to write it to help inspire others on their journey. So now this book that you just wrote with your husband, the cover is amazingly powerful. Why did you choose this cover for this book? I have to give credit to my husband. Uh, <laughs> when we were um, trying to awesome. figure out what the cover should look like, he uh, drew a little prototype and he sent mm-hmm. it to our uh, publisher and yeah. they then took it from there and made it what it was. But just to describe it, it's a picture of uh, an individual who is pushing on this door to get it open. Mm-hmm. And there's on the other side, you can see a, a deep the hands. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. You can see yes. a hand that's right. closing the door and mm-hmm. not allowing the person to get in because right. if they open the door, then they would fall. Right, right. It was just like, wow. So then you, your husband got this idea and he was the autistic person behind that direction of this cover, right? <laughs> yes, he was. I'll give him the credit, but don't tell him oh, well, I said so. <laughs> he did a great job. And hooray to him for that. So what gave you the inspiration to write this book? What, so to let the people know, what gave you that inspiration? Well, it started off, I was working in social work and it's a very difficult uh, position. I was dealing with children who were abused and neglected. Their parents had done some hor- horrible things to them. And I would have to try to work with the family to stabilize them, make sure these children were safe. And I was in this position for many years. Position is too much. And in my same organization, there were other positions that were available. And so I started interviewing for them. And then I never got any of those positions. And I cried. I said, I remember, Lord, I 
<laughs> Lord, please help me. I need to get out. But every time I interviewed, I would get rejected. They would say, you know, you did a really good interview, Cheryl, but we chose somebody else. And I couldn't understand. So finally, I interviewed for another position and I got it. And it was a brand spanking new position that they hadn't had before. And um, I was selected. It gave me a promotion. It gave me a raise. And if I had gotten those other positions, Ross, right. I would have been even more miserable. Right, so and so God closed those doors well, in order for me to walk through the door that he really wanted me to get through. And that has helped to kind of change my life and really has allowed me to get that promotion and to make a new way of, of doing social work and of helping people. So you have to prepare you for something bigger than what you were expecting to, to do. Right. For, for exactly. Mm -hmm. awesome. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So which Bible, because you write a lot about different Bible, um, in the biblical examples in the book, which one spoke to you the most and why did you write about it? You know, um, there, there are so many, but I also, I want to focus on, um, there were 12 disciples. Mm -hmm. And at the back of the book, I write about how after, you know, yes. Jesus had died right. and, you know, he rose, the disciples regrouped and they were like, okay, we need to get another disciple. And there were two that they were going to select. And there were two that they were looking at. And uh, one of them didn't get the position. And I always wonder, what, what happened to that one who didn't get it? The one that was selected and all the other disciples cheered him on, said, congratulations. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. we're so glad that you're going to join us. And I wondered, did that other disciple who, the other individual who wasn't selected, was he bitter? Did he get angry? Or did he continue on saying, you know what? Um, they yeah. thought me worthy enough to, to count in the number to possibly be selected. Maybe there is something still worthwhile in me. I can continue on with purpose right. and encourage and inspire others and preach the word of God. But we don't know what happened to that 13th disciple. Right. We don't know what his story is, but we know what our story is. Right, so and we have a choice, each of us, to make, to try to make sure that when we do experience rejection, that we don't allow it to get us bitter and that we continue on to encourage and inspire others and, keep on and knowing that we have purpose. And we can keep on mm -hmm. going. Mm -hmm. Okay, so all that being said, so what's the new project is coming up for you right now? What's the plan for your community? Um, there's so many different things. Mm, please share, um, I really please share. <laughs> I really I'm working on a project I won't I can't go into all the details but I I want to do something with grief and loss because there are many people who have had loved ones pass away and their friends and family they don't really know how to best support them so they think you know maybe I shouldn't mention the person who passed away's name or you know they don't uh, acknowledge the person who passed away's birthday and I want to be able to help people support each other mm -hmm. and to recognize that even though the person has passed away they still played a major role in this person who's mourning's life and we need to support them along their journey through grief and loss so that's a project I'm working on also I'm, I'm working actively in the community uh, to speak out against domestic violence uh, there are too many people who are losing their lives. Nobody should be living in terror in their home uh, by someone who says that they love and care about them. Men and women are being abused. There are children who are experiencing teen dating violence. And we need to talk about these things and bring awareness so we can prevent it. So those are some of the things I'm working on uh, in our community. Great, because going back as to talk about loss, I do understand because I was very grateful to have really a great community when my husband passed away. You know, he passed away with ALS. 
and I could share everything I wanted to share. And my kids is very um, open as well. So we was able, and we get lots of help and counseling. So thank you so much for thinking up for we that are going through and who don't know how to speak up as you can be able to have a, a listening ear to listen to their voices when they are feeling broken and not sure what to say or how to say it or being judged um, or, or feeling that they're not, um, they shouldn't say that right now because they don't know if it's the right time. And, and you will be able to advocate for them and say, you know, it's okay, I'm here. I can listen to you, what you have to say right now because I, I don't, I, I don't, uh, I haven't been there with you, but I totally understand what you're going through. So I support you. So thank you for doing that. I appreciate that so much. Oh yeah, that yeah. that is my pleasure. You know, people often say, "Well, you'll get over it." Yeah. But no, death is not something that you you get no. over. No. You know, you kind of reconcile and you move throughout life, um, learning how to move forward without that person, but knowing that they were still very much a part of your life. Forever. And we need to do a better job at supporting people uh, who are going through grief. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. So, can you kind of read a piece from your book, if it's possible, to our listeners, so they can hear? what piece that's really drawn to you and what you pulled out of your book? Yes, I'll be happy to. This is a testimony. Uh, throughout the book, uh, we highlight uh, people in the Bible who have experienced some type of rejection. And then there's, there's the book is also interspersed, interspersed with Love testimonies this. from different people. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to read you one of my uh, testimonies. So um, you want me is to read the one? Is it about the one, two, three, four, five? No, this is the one called My Disappointment, His Appointment. Oh, yeah, that's a good one, too. Yes, go ahead, please, please. Feel okay, free. all right. <laughs> Sometimes the rejection you, you face can occur because there's a divine appointment waiting on the other side that God wants you to keep. The Lord masterfully coordinates your position in life, and a U-turn is often the direct result of God maneuvering you to affect the most change bringing souls closer to establishing a relationship with Christ. We should remember that divine appointments are more important than any rejection we may face. I recall during my early social work years when I was feeling burnt out and applying for various jobs within the agency, that there was a young lady in the same unit as I, and we both applied and got interviews for the same position. I was informed later that I didn't get the job and that she was chosen as the better candidate instead. I was disappointed that I didn't get the job and frustrated with God for not answering my prayers. In spite of how I was feeling, the Holy Spirit nudged me to call the young lady who got the job and congratulate her. Still stinging from the rejection, I went back and forth about whether or not I should call. Finally, out of obedience, I humbled myself and I called the young lady, congratulating her on getting the job and wishing her well in, in this new career opportunity. She shared with me that she was nervous about how I would react, wondering if I would be upset with her. I reassured her that I was pleased about her promotion and looked forward to seeing her grow professionally. She said that she was relieved and we chatted for a few more minutes before ending the phone call. This gesture paved the way for us to get to know each other better, and a friendship developed. Months later, I invited her to a Bible study that a local elder was hosting for some of my coworkers. She eagerly came to every meeting, examined and studied the word, and eventually accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as her Savior and was Amen. baptized into the faith. Several months later, through her example, her mother was baptized. 
And then years later, her young daughter accepted the message of Christ and was also baptized. This young lady is now considered one of my dearest friends, and she is a godmother to our daughter. My soul rejoices, and I walk away from this experience with a renewed sense of understanding and gratefulness to the Lord. I realize now why the Lord did not allow me to get the job. It was a twofold lesson for the both of us. For me, it was an exercise in humility, and for her, a demonstration of godly graciousness. This divine appointment in a simple congratulatory phone call mushroomed into a special friendship where I could witness to her about God's truth and faithfulness. I cringed to think about what would have happened if I disobeyed and had a nasty attitude with her, mistreating her after she got the job that I wanted. If I had gotten the job, we may not have connected the way we did, and maybe just maybe she would not have had another opportunity to be introduced to Christ. While I don't know what would have happened if another scenario played out, in hindsight, I am ever grateful to God for allowing me to keep this divine appointment with rejection. This door closing enabled me to focus on a realm outside of myself with the realization that everything is not about me. With this newfound perspective, I recognize that what we go through in life, whether good or bad, should bring us, and most importantly, those around us ever closer to God. Wow, beautiful. Beautiful read and beautiful said. And you're right. Sometimes the Lord put things in our life that he either say yes, no, wait, have patience because there is something better, or is something you're developing to be better than what it is. And it's wonderful to know that what you've been through, now you Bring a family to know God, a family to know Christ, and that build a relationship that now she is your God, your your daughter's godmother. So it's just a beautiful story all in itself. So thank you so much for sharing that. And I just think, imagine, imagine if I was mean to her, if I cut yeah. my eyes at her, if I was rude to her and didn't yeah. speak to her at work. Can you imagine what a what a testimony or witness that would be? It would be horrible. Well, just imagine what she'll say about you as, as a Christian. Exactly. How could you? Can you come to me and tell me about God? No, because of the, your, your attitude and the way you behave with me. But you didn't show that. You showed humility, which is awesome. Yeah, so I, I, I really like that story. And she's a, she's a very yeah. dear friend still to this day. Amen. Very well. Mm-hmm. So where can we find your book? You can find our book on Amazon.com. You can mm-hmm. also find it on Barnes & Noble's. So it's oh, your rejection, God's protection, a unique biblical approach to understanding adversity written by Cheryl Osborne Chavers and Micah Chavers. And Micah Chavers. And how is Mr. Michael doing? Oh, he, he's doing very well. He's the, 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 the bedrock of our family. He keeps my daughter and I uh, on task. He makes sure that we, we do what we're supposed to do. And he supports well. us wholeheartedly. Very well. Awesome. Okay. So last week I mentioned how the three R's, because that's what's resonated to me, recharging, rebuilding, and restoring ourselves can cycle as many stages in our lives. Which of the R's can you currently see you right now in your life? Um, I think rebuilding. Hmm. Rebuilding. You're constantly... Why, why so? Um, because, with, especially with the pandemic, right. Um. We are constantly uh, trying to 
find a new normal, as people like to call it. And so in our new normal, I mentioned before about, you know, our identity, quote unquote, um, that we have to find it in Christ. And so many of us have had to regroup and figure out, well, where is my identity? Is it in my job? Is it in my family? Is it in my church? And so you're rebuilding this new paradigm of how to function in this world. And as we get closer to Christ's return, I am rebuilding and asking him to rebuild me and make me into what he wants me to be. So I definitely would choose the rebuilding. Rebuilding. And and what is the rebuilding you to be, would you say? Um, to be a servant. To be, yes. to be a servant, to serve, to look at how I can help other people who are going through difficult times. My heart bleeds for those who are experiencing trauma and grief and loss. There's so many people who are hurting. And so we have to do our best to try to help other people. And I often say that while you're going through the storm, start handing out umbrellas. And what I mean by that is if you're going through a storm, you best believe somebody else is. So you need to find somebody who is going through and you can help them because it's in the giving that we also receive. So we must always try to help someone else and look beyond ourselves. So we shouldn't just keep into our sorrows. We should take it and pass it on and try to help somebody, although we're going to, so we can rise up and start rebuilding each other together. Exactly. And that's why I'm so I'm proud of you, Roz, and what you're doing. You're going to help so many people um, by you being liberated and telling your your testimony and your story. Guess what? You're helping somebody else now get the strength and you're putting a seed inside of them that will help them to blossom and to grow into what God wants us to be. Well, I appreciate that so much and appreciate you taking the time to spend with me because I know, as you know, we have a very full Sabbath as always, but for you just taking the time to talk with us and talk to the audience, I appreciate that. And just give, um, just say something to the audience right now and to encourage them to go out there and help the community to be better than what they are and to uplift others. So I give it to you to, to speak. Go ahead. <laughs> Thank you so much. I just want to encourage somebody who is hurting who feels despondent, who feels depressed, I want you to know that there is purpose for your life. Nothing that you have been through is wasted when it comes to God. He can use everything that you have been through to make a difference in someone else's life. Do not give up. Continue to have faith. Trust and believe. Read God's word and share your story with other people to be able to be uh, an encouragement to someone else's going through. You are not alone. You are not forsaken. You are not abandoned. And there's something special that God has designed for you to do. No one else can do it. You alone. He placed that inside of you. So don't listen to the enemy. Don't listen to the devil who tells you you're worthless and you can't do it. And you're not uh, going to amount to anything. That is all a lie. God has purpose for you. And he's made you specifically to handle a divine assignment that he has for you to uh, complete. So be encouraged and trust God, knowing that he has a purpose for you and know above all that you are loved. Whoa, that was wonderful. Thank you so much. But I just had a thought. I remember we was talking, you talked about school, how you struggle. Can I just give a little testimony about that to some young people right now that are struggling with school, that is struggling with life and thinking that it can't become anything at all. So go ahead. Okay, so... Growing up, I I mentioned before that I spent a lot of time in and out of the hospital. And because Mm. of that, I missed out a lot in school. 
And I was not a good student at all. I was a horrible student. And I failed. I failed the sixth grade. I failed the eighth grade. Uh, when it was time to go to college and graduate from Westmount High School, and I applied to all of the various uh, CGIPs in the area, I got rejected. None of them would take me because my grades were so poor. And finally, I applied again, and a university in Montreal, they took a chance on me. They said, okay, we'll do a, a provisional acceptance. And so I did an associate's degree that was supposed to take two years, but it took me three years, but I kept on going, kept on going. So finally, I went away to university in the States. I went to Oakwood College, now Oakwood University. And I still was not very, I didn't think I was smart at all. I didn't think I was bright. I didn't think I was capable. Um, and when I went to school, I handed in my very first assignment. And this first assignment, the teacher handed back and I had a D. And after class, he took me to the side and he said, these words that changed my life, Roz. He hmm. says, hmm. you can, do, he said, you can do better than this. And Amen. I looked at him yes. and I said, what? Yeah. I could do better? What? He saw something in me that I did not even see. And he breathed right. life into me. And I was yes. able to then uh, concentrate and focus and do the various assignments. And finally, I was able to graduate from the university uh, cum laude. So this is a person who never got honors. I was never on the, you know, the dean's list or get any academic accolades. That's all right. That's all right. And then but here, you made it in the end. I did it in the end because someone spoke life into me. And that's why it's so important. Our words are important. We must speak life into other people. It's essential that we do that. Our words are powerful. And that's why I believe your ministry is going to help so many people because you're speaking life into someone who needs it. Just like I needed it back then. And that teacher spoke to me and it changed my life because now I'm in the process of working to get my doctoral degree. I'm hoping by <laughs> the end I'm of the year. I'm so proud of you. Thank yes. you. God willing, maybe before the end of the year, I should be finished. I've been working on it for many years and I haven't given up and I won't give up. Um, no, but because up. someone spoke life into me, it's changed my life. Thank you so much. And it's because someone spoke life to you, as you said before, and because you had a community and you never give up. They never gave up on you. They keep, you keep on pushing on and you make it to the end. I'm so proud of you to be a friend of yours and to a woman of God and an author. I'm so proud. Our hearts are proud. So thank you so much for taking the time or the busy schedule to spend some time with me. Oh, thank you for the opportunity, Roz. Thank you for being a blessing. And thank you to everyone that's listening as well. Uh, be faithful until the end. God has a purpose for you. Thank you so much, Shishi. <laughs> you are welcome. Your perception is a steering wheel that helps you navigate your drive through life. When you look at the blocks and bumps, in the road as opportunities rather than obstacles, you can persevere and find a strength you did not know you had. Squeeze every opportunity out of life that you can. Being rejected is definitely block. Did you think I meant a roadblock? No, my friends, no. Again, it is all about perception. Rejection is a building block to greater things for you and maybe 
even someone else. That being said, we can take the time to recharge or maybe reveal one day at a time. Not on nobody else's strength, but on the strength of God. Hey guys, please don't forget the archery and Rawls run supported by the ALS of Quebec. It will take place this summer on Sunday, the 27th of June from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. Run a 3K up to a 10K, your choice. Please share this wonderful event with all of your friends or as many people as possible to support the run or you can just donate. Check out the link in my podcast. Peace. I feel the love. I receive it and I'm giving it right back to you guys. Thank you.